0: Welcome to The Well Podcast. We pray that this message ministers to you and blesses you as you listen. A couple of weeks ago at Praise and Presence, um, Tuesday night, we uh, had quite a time with the Lord and and, uh, a prophetic word came forth. And I want to talk some about that, share a little bit about that today, because one of the things uh, I shared earlier about um, this season of shifting that we're in, and uh, there's so many things happening in the kingdom, and as we're on the heels of that, it's interesting what he's doing in this season and I believe the word that he's, that he's trying to get to us is uh, the kingdom is now. So we, you know, we want to hold back. We want to wait. We want to see what's going to happen. And I hear the Father saying the kingdom is now. His kingdom has already been established. Jesus came to establish his kingdom here on earth. And then he left so that we could continue to build his kingdom. He sent the Holy Spirit, and uh, the Holy Spirit goes with us to help us do that. Um, the One of the songs that we really enjoy singing here is Maranatha, Jesus Come, uh, in its simple form. And in that song, it says, make way for the king is coming. And if you've ever watched a royal procession, um, as I was singing that song and really thinking about what those words mean, make way. Like if I've, when I've gone to Disney World and the royal carriage is coming through with the princess, Cinderella, when they say make way, they mean get out of the way, make way, make way. But what God, what I believe that saying means in that song is for us to make way because if he left here to go be seated beside the father to make petition for us. And if we're making way, then we are as John the Baptist was before Jesus came. He was the forerunner making way for the Messiah. And so in my mind, when I sing that song and I hear those words about making way, it's not about me getting out of the way, but it's me making way for the return of Christ. So I need to help establish, continue to build his kingdom here on earth. So I'm making way as a forerunner for him to return so that he has a kingdom to rule and reign from, right? So our job is to not just wait for him to return, but in our waiting, we make way for Jesus to return so that he has something to return for, a kingdom that he desires to be established here. We actually carry the kingdom of heaven inside of us. So everywhere we go, the kingdom of heaven goes with us. The other passage of scripture that's been rattling around inside my head is Matthew, Matthew chapter 9. I don't think I gave this one to you. Nathaniel, uh, verse 36, well, 37 and 38 and it says, this is in the Passion Translation. It says, he turned to his disciples and said, The harvest is huge and ripe, but there are not enough harvest, harvesters to bring it all in. As you go, plead with the owner of the harvest to thrust out many more reapers to the greatest, to the harvest, to harvest his grain. Sorry. And so one of the interesting things about that, I just pulled this scripture up, and so I was just actually looking at the footnotes just as I was reading it to you, because I think that's um, interesting, you know, I think about what's just happened in our world, um, and uh, with this, with the overturning of Roe versus Wade, right, this is a big deal, like, uh, it's a huge deal, Um, especially in the church, because this is something that much as we were singing today that has been prayed over and has been fought for, and um, we celebrate that victory. But I feel much like that passage of Scripture, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. And I hear in my spirit, even before this happened this week, we heard it at Praise and Presence two weeks ago, that God needs us to step up our game. He needs us to step up our game. We cannot any longer sit on the sidelines. We pray these big prayers and we see mountains moved. We can speak to the mountain, be thou removed, and it will. We have the authority to do that. But once the mountain has been moved, what, what do we do now? Now what, right? Now what? Now what do we do? So here a big mountain has been removed, and this is the, I feel like we've used it as a bit of a scapegoat, Right? Abortion's been the scapegoat for 40 plus years, my whole lifetime. Well, once that happens, then we'll see this happen. Once that mountain comes down, then we'll see this happen. Well, then we better be ready. We better ready ourselves for what that looks like. So now that's taken place, so what is our responsibility? We cannot any longer sit on the sidelines. We cannot sit on the sidelines. There is a purpose and a gift and a calling within you. Last time I got to share, I talked about the access that God gives us through keys. That we can bind and loose things. We can unlock and lock things with the keys. He's given us the keys of the kingdom. Through our delegated authority of Jesus Christ. We have the authority. To say to a mountain, be removed. And it shall be. But if we're not... Accessing, for are not using those keys. That's the, one of the things that, that I shared. If they stay in our pocket, they do us no good. So now God has given us access. A door has opened. A door of opportunity has opened for us as believers. What are we going to do? Are we going to stand and look at the door? Are we going to walk through the door? Are we all going to be like, well, I'll just let them take care of it, and I'll just stay over here and wait. I'll continue I'll continue to build my kingdom and let somebody else build your kingdom. And that's not what he's called us to do. His kingdom is now. And anything that I have should belong to him because I wouldn't have it had he not given it to me or provided a way for it. I cannot build a kingdom Of myself because I will have built it on the sand and it will not stand. It will perish. But he provides a kingdom that is eternal and it lasts forever. So anything that I build for him, I am laying up treasures in heaven. That's the kingdom to which I build. That moths cannot destroy, that cannot be destroyed, that goes on forever Anything I put my hands to will crumble if left long enough. But his kingdom will endure because he is victorious. So while we look at this as a win, we know that in the big picture it already was won, right? But now we get to see the manifestation of that thing. And if we think that that was the end-all be-all, it is just the beginning. It is just the beginning. So we want to... Point fingers oftentimes at previous generations. I remember my mom. I remember her fighting for prayer to stay in schools. I remember it. I think I was probably in elementary school. And she was fighting so hard for that not to take place. And so over the years, you know, we've said, well, that's the demise of the whole thing is we took prayer out of schools. Well, what about taking prayer out of our homes? How much are our homes praying? Why is it the responsibility of our schools to be praying when we should be praying in our homes? Our families should be strong and mighty. And as believers and Christians, we should be leading the charge in that. We should be leading the charge. That is not the responsibility of our school system. We allowed that power to be taken from us. We allowed someone else access to the keys of that. And it's our responsibility to take that up. The kingdom is now. The kingdom is now. And he's looking for you to surrender. It's almost like he has drawn a line in the sand. He's like, I'm giving you access. Now, are you still going to sit there? And I, I know that sounds hard and heavy, but I tell you, it's already been through me, and it's still in there, and I hear him saying, what are you going to do? I've given you the access, and I've given you the authority, and what mountains are you going to move with that? How long are you going to continue to build your kingdom, Becky, and not build mine? How many times are you going to say, okay, but I'll get to that tomorrow, Lord, just let me finish this and then I'll go do that. Well, I want to take care of, the, wait till my kids get a little bit older and then I'll serve your kingdom. Wait till my finances are in order. Let me get this financial situation taken care of and then I'll say yes to serving your kingdom. There's a few examples of this in Scripture. Let's talk about the rich young ruler. In Matthew chapter 19, verse 16, and then I'm going to read 21 through 24. And it says, Then a young man approached Jesus and bowed before him, saying, Wonderful teacher, is there a good work I have to do to obtain eternal life? And then Jesus said to him, if you really want to be perfect, and in that, perfect means fully developed morally and mature. Fully developed morally and mature. Go now and sell everything you own. Give your money to the poor and your treasure will be transferred into heaven. Then come back and follow me for the rest of your life. When the young man heard these words, he walked away sad for he had great wealth. Then Jesus turned to his disciples and said, listen, do you understand how difficult it is for the rich to inherit, to enter into heaven's kingdom realm? In fact, it's easier to stuff a heavy rope through the eye of a needle than it is for the wealthy to enter into the the kingdom, God's kingdom realm. And there's something, if you break down this passage of scripture, here this was, I mean, Can you just see it in moments of worship? And man, we went there today. Did y'all feel the whole room like lift up in the spirit? Like we ascended the mountain today together corporately. It was a beautiful thing. And it's easy to do that when we're all together and we make all these declarations through our prayer and through our worship and, and it's all you. Nothing else will do. You're all I want. You know, we make room for you. And then much like this young ruler Jesus says, okay, follow me. But what I need you to do is to lay down all of your riches, all of your assignment, all of your plans. He's not saying that you can't be wealthy. He was saying he recognized the idol that this rich young ruler, this rich young man had made of his wealth. So much so that that had come before Jesus, that he wasn't willing to submit that thing to the Father. He's not saying that you can't be blessed because we're called to be a blessed people. We're called to be blessed. But he's saying if that thing rises itself above me, then it's in its wrong position. And he was saying to him, yeah, okay, I'm going to check the motive of your heart right now. You want to follow me? There's a cost. And are you willing to lay it down? Are you willing to lay it down? Sell it all and give it to me. That's what he says, right? Die to self. Daryl just said it when he was sharing in his testimony. We crucify the flesh. We have to crucify the idols in our life. That's what they are at the root. This was an idol in this man's life that kept him from being able to follow Christ. said he went away sad because he wasn't willing to pay the cost. Because he'd rather keep that idol in his life. He'd rather keep that thing before Christ. And then another young man comes up and he says, "Uh, how do I enter into the kingdom realm? And he wanted him to know that it would be harder to stick a rope through the eye of a needle than it is for someone that feels like they have everything to come to Christ, to follow Christ. Christ. Do you know why? It's because we feel like we've got it all figured out. We've got, there's no need. We want to wonder why things happen the way they do in third world countries and other places. It's because they're desperate. They're desperate. They're desperate. They're poor in spirit. And they're poor in reality. But we're so rich and comfortable, even in our poverty, we're rich and comfortable. That there's no room for the Messiah in our life. Not to lay it all down to follow him. In Matthew 6 33, it says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Righteousness there means character. You seek his character, his nature. Seek his kingdom first. We seek him first. Father, I'm going to follow you as my family follows you. It's not let me take care of my family and then I will follow you. And sometimes he calls us to do really radical things that the world and our community don't understand. And when their natural sight, they say I wouldn't make that decision. You're going to raise a bunch of kids that act like a bunch of fruit loops. Well, you know what? I'd rather have some fruit loops that were radical for Jesus than a bunch of little robots. So you just go ahead and make fun of my little set apart crew that God gave me charge over. And you do you and I'll do me right? I know, I know, I know, I hear it. It's all right. Y'all going to be okay. We all going to be okay. We all love Jesus, right? And I'm just telling you, he wants you to go further, that what we have done, there is more to do. This kingdom, the harvest is plentiful. We want to be fearful of what's about to happen. Look what just happened two days ago. Why would we fear when we know who is in charge? Why would we fear? When he, when he can look at a mountain, it can be gone in an instant. Why should I fear? Why should I worry? I'm going to seek him first. I'm going to seek him first, his kingdom, and his righteousness, and all the rest that I feel like that I'm missing out on, that part of my kingdom that doesn't I don't feel like is flourishing the way that it should. I'm going to surrender at his feet because he's telling me that the rest of it will be added unto me. That tells me that he will bring to me what I need to receive. And his plans are greater than my plans. His plans are greater than my plans. Don't look at somebody else's life and covet what they have when you don't know the sacrifice of what they've already given to be where they have gotten. You don't know. You do not know. In Luke chapter 12, verse 31, it says, As you passionately seek his kingdom above all else, he will supply your needs. Seek to know him. Seek to find him. His ways. Seek to know him. Seek to find him. Does it feel like a sacrifice in the flesh to follow and seek after him? Yes. It feels like a sacrifice. Is it worth the sacrifice? Yes, it is absolutely worth the sacrifice. When I see people like Brian healed, Kim healed, Daryl set free, Brittany healed and set free, Misty free, it's worth it. There's not a thing that I have, not, that I have sacrificed that is not worth the cost of it. To see the kingdom of God advance. There is not a thing. I don't look back and say I wish I would have. I'm looking ahead and I'm following Christ. If I got it all figured out, I do not. I have to crucify my flesh every day. Every day I have to get up and choose today I'm going to follow Christ. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to seek him first. And I'm not going to worry about building my kingdom. But I'm going to build his kingdom because he's telling me that if I'll do that, that the rest of it will be added unto me. There was this other young man that Jesus wanted to come along, called him. And it's in Luke chapter 9. And it said, Jesus then turned to another and said, come be my disciple. Can you just think for a minute? You know, Jesus speaks to us. He's not physically standing right here. Sophie, come here. Come up here. Here's Jesus. He sees this young man, I'm assuming, making some assumption here. Just go with me. He sees this young woman on the road, and he said, come, be my disciple. And that means, come, follow me. Come, follow me. Probably looked him right in the eye, right? Because that's the way Jesus is. He looks us right in the eye or in the heart. He looks right inside of us, sees to the depths of our soul. And she said, I can't go with you right now. Let me first go. Let me first go and wait till my dad has passed so I can get my inheritance. And then I'll follow you. I'll follow you. But, but just let me go back home first. And, and let me do the honorable thing and take care of my, my family. And then I'll sacrifice that and, and I'll follow you. And Jesus walked away he walked away Jesus isn't saying that you can't have family he's just saying that there's a place and an order for where things need to be in your life thank you i can't imagine what it must have been like for that young man to look into the eyes of Jesus and say can you come back tomorrow can you just not knock on my door today Have you ever showed up at somebody's house and them not let you in, but you know they're in there? So awkward. I mean, it's hard to get over that. You know, like you're like, I know you're in there. (laughs) I just heard you yelling at your kiddos, and now you won't let me in the door. That's kind of like what we do. Like, yeah, Jesus, I love you right now. I would do anything for you right now. But in 10 minutes, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. Is that heavy? It is. It's heavy. But we can't celebrate yesterday's victory and then not put forth and do what he's asking us to do going forward. He has a mandate and a charge on us to build his kingdom. And we are not all called to build it the same way. We have different parts of that kingdom that we carry. And I cannot be responsible for your part, but you can't be responsible for mine. I am responsible for that. And I will give answer to how I used my access and my gifting and my call. That will be the thing that he wants to talk to me about when I get to meet him face to face. And I want to be able to lay a crown, many, many crowns at his feet. And I want to hear him say, Welcome in, my good and faithful servant. I want to lay it all at his feet. I don't want to get there and not have anything to lay there because I was too busy doing the things that I wanted to do. And I didn't have time for him. Be careful. Be careful what you put before him. Ask him, is this in the right place in my life? Ask him. He'll let you know. Is this... The right priority that I should have in my life. Am I building the right kingdom right now? Is this where you've called me and asked me to sow seed in my life for your kingdom? Ask him those things. He wants to hear you say that. Ken, that Tuesday night... Part of the prophetic declaration was he's asking us to lay some things down. It's what Ken said. He's asking us to lay some things down. And he's, he is asking you to lay some things down. See, what that young disciple could have inherited was an eternal inheritance and in kingdom. But he chose an earthly inheritance over an eternal inheritance. You know, Jesus says some pretty bold things. If you won't eat of my flesh or drink of my blood, then you have no part with me. He really likes to really stir, stir the pot and really likes to say things to shock us. And he's not saying that you can't love your mother and your father and you shouldn't take care of them and those types of things. He's just asking you to choose rightly his position in your life. To choose rightly where he is seated and enthroned in your life. Lucas, you can come up if you'd like. Just like that young man, he wanted to negotiate with God. Anybody ever done that? Anybody ever negotiate with God? <laughs> I have. Yeah. Uh-huh. What, yeah, yeah. What does he normally say? Your way or my way? Which one you want? Which one you want? Your way or my way? But we do that. We'll negotiate with them. Just like that young man did. Well, first, let me go do this good thing. Let me go do the honorable thing. Let me go do, it looks good. So I'm just going to go take care of this. And then I'll be back. We are sitting at a pivotal moment in the kingdom of God right now. And it really is our choice. Now, will He continue to poke and prod and encourage you to chase after Him and to follow Him? He will. And sometimes the enemy has us locked up in such a way that he has created fear in our life that as if we were to pick his plan to follow him, we would somehow lose what's over here. And it keeps us from making that choice. Are they easy choices? No, they're not. Does it feel sometime like the cost is too great? There are times it feels that way. But his plan, I am telling you, it is a wild ride. But it is so great. It is so great. If you leave this room and you think that I am telling you not to love your family, you have missed the point. I am telling you to love them ferociously and you lead them to the Father. That you love them in such extravagance that all they can see is Jesus in every action that you make. And that their focus won't be on the lack, but it'll be on how bright you burned and how much you loved them and how committed you were to them and to Jesus. We want to thank you for listening in today. At The Well, we believe in cultivating a culture for more of God. Wherever you are in your relationship and walk with God, we believe that there is always more for those who diligently seek after Him. If you would like to find out more, please check out our website at thewellmichigan.com and connect with us on social media.